0: Hey, lacrosse fans, what's going on? Jake Elliott here. And just before, thanks for tuning in to to Lax Class, by the way. Just before we get into episode 81, not normally something that I have to do or need to do, but this week I felt the need to do it. And that's to let you know a couple of technical hiccups on this episode. For whatever reason, I can't figure it out, but. Audio in the the opening quarter is a little bit sketchy on my part. Trust me, it gets better as the show moves along. Apologize for that, and I also apologize to our guest this week, the president of the Canadian Lacrosse Association, Sean Williams. Uh, We interview him, and for some reason, the beginning portion of his interview has been lost. So my introduction of him and my opening question, I believe, have disappeared, and I am unable to recover that as well so my apologies for that but uh, you'll hear tyson's voice first when the president joins us in quarter two after that i think it's smooth sailing so once again i appreciate you listening to lax class and i hope you enjoy the show here's episode 81
1: it's time for lacrosse classified on the lacrosse flash podcast network your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class.
2: What's going on, lacrosse fans? You found us once again right here on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. You heard the man. It's time to settle down, pay attention, it's time for Lax Class. Thanks for joining us here for episode 81. My name is Jay Kelly. You heard the man off the top. That voice was Tyson Geich. He is actually my co host this week. Tyson, let's get you in right off the top. Welcome back to the podcast, this time in a co hosting capacity. Thanks for doing this.
1: Jumbo, thanks for having me. It's great to be joining you as a co-host, a guest co-host for the week.
2: Yeah, well, let's let the people in on it. This week, uh, we are going to have the president of the Canadian Lacrosse Association. First time for this. We've never talked to the president of the Canadian Lacrosse Association on Lax Class. We'll have him, Sean Williams from Saskatoon will join us here in about 20, 25 minutes from now. And you may be wondering, if you haven't heard the news, my former podcast partner, Evan Shemanauer has decided to take a step back here, Tyson. I think this obviously a really... Evan is a chartered accountant in his real job, his actual profession, and this is just a crazy, crazy time for Evan. And I think... With everything that's been going on, the covid the workload and and what's been happening here on the pod, it just became a little too much, and Evan need to take a step back, which is totally fine and I can't thank Evan enough for all the work that that he and time that he has invested into this podcast, organizing who you got, he does all sorts of writing and social media promotion, of course the the time and, and the knowledge that uh, he spends here on Lax Class, he will be missed. I want to make sure that I acknowledge him and thank him for the last, I guess, year and a half or so that he has uh, invested in here at Lax Class. We wish him well, and, and he'll take some time away, and, and I'm sure we'll be back in some sort of capacity in, in short order.
1: Yeah, Evan was, uh, or is, I should say, a very passionate supporter of the game of lacrosse, and truthfully, the lacrosse world is lucky lucky to have him. I think that if there were more people that covered the game like him, we'd be in a much better position. But, um, you know, the work that he put in doesn't go unnoticed. I understand that it can be tough at times. You don't necessarily get the recognition you feel you deserve sometimes, too, with doing what we do. And we do have, you know, real jobs on the side. We have to pay the bills and put roofs over our heads and, Unfortunately, the lacrosse coverage doesn't always uh, pay those bills. So um, I, I want to thank Evan for for all that he's done too. And uh, like I said, it doesn't go unnoticed.
2: Yeah, and I think he'll just he'll take a bit of a break and he'll be back with random thoughts. And who knows, he may pop up on another podcast. He may pop up on this podcast. But for for now, my kind of my plan, as you don't go from one host just to another and and find that chemistry and that rhythm that you'd like to have immediately. So I kind of sat back and I gave it some thought and was sitting around and going like, what am I, what am I going to do here? Like, I got to, I'm not stopping lacrosse classified. The people need their lax class Tyson. So I got to keep this thing rolling. So I thought, well, what should I do here? So my idea was to, I, we have a, a group of friends that we're all in kind of a chat group together. And I got a couple others on the burner as well, but, my idea here is to just kind of rotate through seven, eight, nine different guys here on a weekly basis and see who likes it, see who doesn't like it, see who I mesh with, see who meshes with me, and who knows, out of maybe the next couple of months, two, three months here, we, we, we find another permanent host. But for now, we're, we're going to test out the waters here and, and, and try a few different things.
1: Well, if this lets lacrosse fans in on the mayhem that is lacrosse group chats, I think it's gonna be pretty fun. Uh if we get to share those inside stories. I mean those group chats. I said this when I joined Lax class a couple weeks ago, but it's always popping off. Like there's always something being talked about. You know, the rumor mill is always swirling with our group chats. So uh hopefully, you know, the, the rotating guests kind of uh shed some light on that and uh and showcases that.
2: Yeah. So looking forward to it. You decided to step up this week. I asked you first. You said yes. And pretty much every guy that I mentioned this idea to and asked uh, if they'd be interested, jumped at the opportunity and said yes. So for the next several weeks here, I will have a different co-host each week and hopefully you like them all. You may not. I don't know. We'll find out, but I'm looking forward to it uh so lax will roll on this is episode 81 i mentioned we got sean williams coming up he's texting me right now i'm not sure about what but i'll figure that out but i also in episode 80 made mention that we were gonna announce the winner of who you got when things got cut off whatever it was 12 13 weeks into the season i thought we just got to award this thing out to the person that was in first place when things got shut down. I thought that was the fairest way to do it. Evan was good enough to give me the results, and I am happy to. announce. let's do it this way here, Tyson. Let's start in fifth place because these guys need to make mention. Our very own, from Stampede Tack in Western, where Kevin Michael Winkler coming in a tie for fifth along with Chris Evans, and one lacrosse superstar, Pat Gregoire, finishing Woo-hoo-hoo, in fifth place with 50 correct predictions. So, moving up the ladder here, a three-way tie for second, Dave Pettin, Sean Palmer, and Violet Yosk, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Silent J on that. Uh, the print Hunter Princess here, Tyson. You know who I'm talking about. Dave, Sean, and Violet finishing with 51 in a tie for second place. One pick short of our Who You Got champion, the winner of the grand prize, will be in touch. Kevin will ship off a pair of Blundstone boots. To you, sir, Rob King, King of the Hill, with 52 correct predictions, winning 2020. Who you got? Well done, Rob, and congratulations.
1: Congratulations, Rob. I, I look forward to who you got next season. You know, when we got a full year in. Oh man. I'm gonna heat up on that too. I'm gonna I'm gonna go full tilt. You know, I missed a couple weeks, mm. unfortunately. You can't miss weeks. Is this, I know, that's it really killed me this season, but uh, next year, eyes on the prize, let's go.
2: Yeah, we'll have weekly prizes and the grand prize as well. It'll be back bigger than ever, and I think now that people know kind of what's going on, I would expect who you got just to gain steam and get even larger than it was last year. So thank everybody for playing. Thank you to Stampede Tack and Kevin for donating the prize, and congratulations once again to Rob King, Sean is going to need a little extra time here, Tyson. That's what the text was about, so maybe we'll just record out of order. And I don't know why I tell people this when I'm recording. that we're. Record- this is what I do. I just tell the people what is happening. Sean is delayed, so we'll record out of order, but we'll still put Sean in quarter number two. So I don't know why I told you that, but I just did. And I'm It's not- like the Wizard of
1: Oz, yeah, I'm right? You show that. them behind the curtain.
2: There you go. Pull back the curtain. You can see what's happening. This is the life of podcasting here. Uh, The other big news we need to mention here in quarter number one in Stampy Tax, who we had, Tyson, is we also have crowned the champion of the greatest box lacrosse team of all time. The tournament has come to a close. We have our champion. It came down to the 2016 Saskatchewan Rush And the 1960s Green Gales, the only team, junior team, to make it into the tournament here. And we thought, like, I don't know what year to pick because they won seven Minto Cups in a row, Tyson. Well, Mm -hmm. this team is obviously fondly remembered. And check this out, dude. 1,151 votes cast here between these two teams. This thing went back and forth, 50-50. Rush were in the lead. Greengales were in the lead. Rush went back in the league. Members of Parliament were getting involved. Cities, all sorts of teams from both provinces. Uh, They got the New York Riptide. Ethan Schott, a pro now in the NLL, to get on board here, a former NHLer. Donating a game, you stick as well for the Green Gales. I had a friend here in BC put up uh, Blake Milton five hundo out of his pocket if the Gales win. He's going to donate that to their organization out of nowhere. Uh, The the boys in Saskatchewan offered up to drink as many beers as they got votes (laughs) if they won. I I don't know who's winning that, that one, but... I'd like were, to see video of that. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy the way this thing went back and forth. I will say this, Tyson. It was neck and neck. The rush were in the lead. It came down to the final day or so here, and, and at about, I want to say, 1 o'clock back east, there was a big spike in votes for the Green Gales, like 200 votes in a span of about 30 minutes. All of a sudden, shot the Green Gales into the lead, and they never looked back. I don't know what kind of technology out there, if, if there was some uh, backdoor shenanigans happening here, but what I can tell you is that there's a thousand different scenarios that could have taken place for those votes to show up when they did. All I know is that if those guys are trying that hard to win and got that creative to make that happen – I'm giving them the credit. If they care that much that they wanted to win that badly, that they uh, they had to make some things happen, more power to them. So congratulations to the 1960s Oshawa Greengales, who have won the greatest box lacrosse team of all time. Jim Bishop, Gaylord Palace, Don St Never to be matched again, Tyson. Seven Minto Cups in a row.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. Okay, I'm a little biased here because I did get to watch with my own two eyes the 2016 Saskatchewan run. Sure. So I have to chime in here. That team was phenomenal. They were really, really good. And, you know, going up against a team like the, uh, the Green Gales, it's such a, I don't know, a storied organization. I had a chance to play against them when they were the Junior B team. I was playing for the Newmarket Saints back home. A uh, really tough team. They had some, some big stars. I think Shane Jackson was on the team back then. Mm. But, yeah, I, like, maybe there's a little bit of bias in me, but I'm still going rush if, if I have my vote and my, my pony in the race here. However, are. this this is all just for fun, and I think it's great what you guys did with Lacrosse Classified, kind of shedding some light on all these teams. And get, for those who, who never got the chance to watch the Green Gales back in the day, or maybe they didn't know about the history, this this shines light on that and gives them a little bit of a look into that. So um, I, I like, uh, I like what you did. I like the voting process and I mean, congrats to the Green Gales. There are some phenomenal names and, you know, story players in that team too.
2: Yeah. Let me, uh, Steve Holroyd, who we had on the program, lacrosse historian was super happy about, about this victory here for the Green Gales, and he actually helped us out quite a bit as far as setting up the pre-1990s bracket. And he went on a, a bit of a thread here on on Twitter, and I just want to say, like, uh, and being a lacrosse historian, he said that sometimes the the, di- the great achievements from teams of yesteryear get lost in the shuffle, but the fact that the Green Gales are remembered so fondly and got their win. I think says a lot about it, and and I don't know, like maybe in 20, 30 years we're talking about the 2016 Rush team and the defense that they sported and that championship that they won. I don't know, but this this team here has stood the test of time. Jim Bishop, a real innovator as the coach of this team, a lot of these guys went on to play for the Detroit Olympics in in the inaugural National Lacrosse Association and you look at some of the names, I mentioned Gaylor Palace, Merv Marshall, Ross Jones, Larry Lloyd, a phenomenal player. Um, so lots of fantastic players from this team, obviously when you win seven in a row and listen, these guys from the Green Gales and their social media department went hard to try and win this tournament. And I think that's why they came out on, the, out on the top. They pushed it harder than anybody else, which is super cool. So, Congratulations to the Green Gales, and I know they awarded their prizes out to to those people, the stick and the jersey and all the rest of it. So congratulations to everybody. I had a lot of fun with that tournament. I hope the fans and the listeners did, too. And we got a big, big one coming up. Oh now. mercy! Big one coming up. Me, this I, one's gonna be good. I cannot wait for this. And like, listen, th- I think this. I'm really hoping that this will get the people talking here. We're gonna put do the same thing. We're gonna get the votes up on Twitter. You can pick your pick your man, and and we'll we'll talk about it more in, in quarter number four. But essentially, what it is is the same same sort of deal. March Madness style, single game elimination. They I have compiled sixty four of what I consider the best lacrosse fighters of all time. Caveat, I am on the list. I, I I I put myself in there. I gave myself a real tough first round matchup, Tyson, I will say that. So I'm not expecting to go too <laughs> deep. But I, I compiled sixty four names here. We're gonna we're gonna have four matchups each week and crown ourselves the toughest lacrosse, the best lacrosse fighter of all time here uh, starting this week on who you got. Can't wait.
1: These are so difficult. I think that
2: the fighter is maybe easier to crown
1: and it is less subjective than crowning the best lacrosse team of all time. So this will be this will be fun. I mean, you got you look at a guy's fighting record and it kind of really tells the tale. Um it's, it's just going to be interesting to see who takes this one though.
2: Yeah, and, and like I didn't really know how to set up the bracket. I just kind of like I got the 64 spots and I had a list of guys and I just started dropping. So I didn't want to be like okay, I want to make sure that this guy fights this guy and this guy has a chance to meet this guy in the next round. I didn't do any of that. I didn't see them like one, you know this guy I expect to be in the final four and this guy is going out for. I just started dropping names into the bracket all over the place. So I didn't give it to too much thought on who was fighting who. So there's guys from the same era, guys from different eras, guys from just one generation apart, all sorts of matchups. Uh, and I think this is going to be a lot of fun to talk about, bandy about, and uh, eventually crown. I don't know how long it's going to take. We'll figure that out as we go, but eventually we're, we'll crown a champion. We got no summer lacrosse Tyson, so this should fill up some weeks.
1: Well, yeah, that's what we're looking to do. I mean, lacrosse flash, we got verses that uh bracket continues to roll on but we're just looking to come up with some content and uh stay i don't know just active and keep people interested in the game right
2: there you go that's what it's all about so i think uh that is probably it for quarter number one once again congratulations to rob king on winning who you got congratulations to the 60s green gales for winning the best box lacrosse team of all time tournament and now we'll take a break and on the other side we're going to talk to the president of the canadian lacrosse association sean williams next year on lacrosse classified on the lacrosse flash podcast network
3: pure vital labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. this is Robert Hope with the Colorado Mammoth and the Cooper Lakers. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified,
1: growing the game one podcast at a time. Sean, how does the CLA plan to move forward after such a difficult time? Obviously, this is a bit of a hit to Canadian lacrosse. Uh, how much are you planning moving forward, and, and how do you plan on coming back stronger in the future?
3: Oh, it's a massive hit to Canadian lacrosse. Uh, when I when I was elected, this was the furthest thing from my mind of, of what would happen. So, you know, we're going to make use of the time that, we are in a down phase and try to you know, rectify some, some internal issues and, some, and, and to provide assistance to uh, the member associations and, and that to uh, provide a better product for, for everyone. So there are opportunities, even though it is kind of a bleak outlook at the moment,
0: Speaking with the president of the CLA, Sean Williams, and and Sean, I probably should have asked you this first before anything else. But when I talked to, to people for the first time in the podcast, I always kind of like to find out how they found the sport of lacrosse, or how the sport of lacrosse found them. I know you're a Prairie boy from Saskatchewan, which you know the sport of box lacrosse is not that big there compared to Ontario or British Columbia or even Alberta now. But how did how did you get into the game? How did it find you? Well. Actually, take uh,
3: you probably. I, I actually come from a couple hotbeds. I I lived in Orleans, Ontario, for till I was about seven years old, and then my family moved to Langley, BC, oh, and I lived okay. there until I was until I was twenty. So, what would happen was I would go hang out at the rink. I wasn't playing lacrosse, but I would go hang out and grab my buddy's sticks and go out at in between periods and throw the ball around and and just goof around. I played hockey. I played football. And you know, looking back, I wish I would have played. So that's kind of how I was always aware of the sport. Um, I like watching. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I I fo- I still follow. You know, the WLA. I follow uh, what the Langley Thunder do. Um, Their friends might played you know, right through. Um, I grew up with uh, Gordon John Minot. All right, so I, okay. Yeah, so, and, and there are a few other guys that were quite That's prevalent. funny, in, I think I in, used uh, to play
0: against a Minot back in my junior B days. I don't know if those guys have, have sons or not. So we speak with Sean Williams here, and then, so you, you make your way to Saskatchewan, and, and as we know, Sean, like Joey Harris, I don't know how long he sat in the, the presidential chair. I want to say the better part of a decade, and for me, um, Joey sat for 16 years. Yeah. Off, 15, okay. 16 years. <laughs> okay. So there so you he go. Was new president. Uh,
3: just as I took over in Saskatchewan and came on board on representing Saskatchewan. But, um, basically what happened to get to lacrosse moving is uh, I live in Prince Albert and there was nothing. So, uh, Saskatchewan lacrosse put on a clinic and, uh, and I, I knew that I loved the game of lacrosse, and I wanted my two sons to be involved. So I took them to the clinic, and it just kind of took off from there. And and then uh, they asked if I'd be interested in trying to form uh, an association. And, and myself and a friend of mine, Ken Heidelbaugh, we started putting it together. And, uh, you know, that, that association is thriving. Sure is. Uh, so there's a there's a lot of good kids that are coming out of there. Um there's a there's a kid that plays for the Anaheim Ducks that actually came from there. His name is Josh Manson. Wow.
2: And then yeah. and so, then
0: so you you go from starting up the the SLA, the Saskatchewan Lacrosse Association, you're you're the head of that for a long long time. And then, it, and then it comes time for, for Joey to leave. And I think it was time for, for Joey to leave. And, and somebody new had to step in. How does your name come to the, the top of the list? And how do you find yourself as now the president of the CLA? Well, I,
3: I sat as president of Saskatchewan Lacrosse from 2004 until this past November. So, it, you know, it kind of runs along the same timeline as Joey. And for myself personally, I knew it was time to move on and let other people take over the Saskatchewan project to they can grow it bigger and better than what it is already. And for myself, a challenge is refreshing. It's, it's, you know, now you're way more engaged. And when I'm in, in the meetings and that I tend to, as a director, I was always watching, listening, building relationships is a massive part of this. I know where people come from. I know how to how to work with different people, different personalities. I mean in my my professional life as well I, I deal with that. Um, so I had a couple of people approach me and ask me if I'd be interested and I took a little bit of time, thought about it. I said, you know what? I think I could do a job. I I have some ideas that I'd like to implement. And uh and it came down and we we took like everything, like every meeting, I mean, it's not a secret. Chuck Miller and I were the candidates, and uh, you know, I've known Chuck forever as well, and and we get, we get along. We're friends, and uh, you know, either of us would have been a good candidate as a leader of the CLA. So we just uh, the election happened, and and uh, here we are today.
0: So names get put um, forth, and then it becomes an electoral process where a, a group of people make the selection.
3: Yeah, the uh, basically the, the it, every province there's weighted votes, so every province has different amount depending on their membership. So, so it and then the vote happens from
0: there.
1: Gotcha. Now, Sean, Sean, I'd be interested to hear about this. You were working with the Saskatchewan Project, and this was in the early 2000s. Now, in the mid-2000s, or um, I guess 2010s, if you want to call them that, uh, the Saskatchewan Rush come into Saskatoon and start playing from there. You had front row seats to see the interest in lacrosse kind of grow. What was that like when the Rush started playing at a Saskatoon? Well,
3: we'd already always talked about boy this would be fantastic if somebody ever wanted to put a team here because we knew the enthusiasm would be there people in in saskatchewan are so enthusiastic for for a, a professional sport so when they finally did come when bruce uh, brought the team to saskatoon it was he he uh, reached out for a partnership with us and that has probably been a major part of growing our game is we, anything we look after the 50 fifties and anything we get from the 50 fifties, we drive it back into, into our, our players and coaches and officials.
0: And, and for people that don't know, Sean, the 50, 50 at rush games, what is like, I, I didn't win this year, by the way. So you have a bunch of my money, <laughs> but uh, what is it? Like they get up to like $50,000. They're, they're giving away.
3: Yeah, they're, they're up there it's it's amazing how much that that they do you'll be there probably the first few years it was averaging probably $55,000 to the winner
0: that's crazy yeah yeah i know but, but i mean And, and it's a madhouse. We,
3: we, we just refer to it as Sask Vegas. Like it's an absolute, it's an absolute blast. I mean, I've seen you there, Jake, and I see you after the game and, and everybody has a good time. I, I can tell you this much. This past season, the, the abbreviated season was the first time I've actually sat, been able to sit and watch a complete game because I've always been working and Right. at the games talking to people recruiting and 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 it's been it's been probably some of the most enjoyable work I have done in lacrosse is just to tell people about the game and the opportunities that are available for your your children
0: absolutely speaking with the president of the CLA Sean Williams and and One thing that that seems to come up time and time again, and and quite frankly, Mr. President, it drives me right up the wall, and that is the fact that you look at the East, you look at the West, you look at the NLL, you look at World Lacrosse. Do you know where I'm going with this, Sean? There is rule books for every league at every level that are different. And I don't know exactly how we get to a place where we have a unified rule book, but is that something that is on your radar to try and make happen? Because you talk about growing the game and making it bigger and better than it is now. I think that is a massive key component to helping not only existing fans, but new fans to the game to help them understand if we had one – rule book for all of box lacrosse? Well, I knew you were going to ask that
3: question. So I I thought about it today. And uh, the difference between professional and the amateur, there's always going to be some differences. Sure. But there are, there, you know, it's no different than the NHL and minor hockey. There, there's exactly. always going to be some, some nuances in there that are going to be different. Can we move a little closer together? So that there's not quite that that gap absolutely we can we can work on it we have people that are are looking into what can we do you know and and you know it'll take both sides to sit down and say hey this is what we do and you know it, it some of it does come down to liability issues um world lacrosse there's a lot of players in that and you know some people come with an agenda some don't so If we can, you know, if we can go through the same process and say, hey, look, you know, this is pretty complicated. Everybody's jumping back and forth between this, this and this is can can we make this so it's not so complicated? Absolutely. We can. Is there the will? I think there is.
0: I hope no, there no, is. I hope it... there I hope there is Sean like I, I don't know what it takes and I know it's a bit of a process to to get a rule changed at the CLA level like it's it only comes around every 2 years and it's got to be voted Yeah like I I, I mean, is there a way to streamline this process and get everybody at the table and on board with this sooner than later like I don't know why it seems so difficult to to get everybody together on this idea of, of making this happen. Why is it such a struggle? Turf. <laughs> Plain and
3: simple, turf protection. Yeah. Can can we make it happen? I, I think, you know, maybe with if you look at a timeline, maybe within five years we can have it way closer than we are now. Okay. Um, you're right on the two-year, every two years there's rule changes, but during those two years that's when all the discussion happens that's when all the fine-tuning of the rules happens so that it can be brought to the meeting discussed and uh, voted on and adopted so it will take time Um, and you have to have the liaison with the say the NLL you have to have a liaison with the the world lacrosse so it you know to line all this stuff up it does take a fair amount of time so that's why I'm kind of putting it out there is like well, well, hopefully within five years we can we can get this closer to what you're talking about and make it a little more fan friendly
1: is that something that you want to see sean a little bit more cooperation with the national lacrosse league moving forward
3: well i personally i have a really good relationship with bruce urban so i think that that's a great start um i know that they would like to be a partner with us and we would like to it's just a matter of getting the time now to sit down and say hey we can we can be partners in this and we can we can grow this together because when you look at it we're we're a large part of their fan base and we're also their feeder system
0: yeah and, and, I, and I'm almost glad that you put it in those terms Sean that you realize that the MSL and the WLA are a feeder system and the minor box lacrosse in in this country is the feeder system. I think it's upwards of about 80% of the players in the NLL play summer lacrosse in Canada. So it's, it's no surprise to see, that, that happened, and I and I the, the stronger, and it seems like now more than ever. And you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but like, it seems to me more than ever now that the MSL is working with the WLA, and the WLA wants to work with the MSL, and those two leagues want to be in in lockstep with the NLL, and they all and, and the NLL wants to be with USA. But like, it seems when I, whenever I talk to, and I, this is a long winded question, but whenever I talk to like mainstream media guys. And they talk, talk to me about lacrosse. The first thing out of their mind is the sport is so fractured. Like there's so many factions and leagues and bodies and you can't figure it all out. But now more than ever, it seems like all these different leagues and governing bodies are willing to kind of come together. Do we need like a, a summit? How do we make this happen where where we get all those leagues and governing bodies coming together and doing what's right for the game? Well, first of all, if you start looking at it on economies of scale as far as marketing and
3: partnerships and now we become a lot stronger. So now we can become more in the eye of a regular person that's not really in tune with everything, but now there's we have something that we can present them because we have so many more opportunities. So it it will make a huge difference if we can start to mend fences create the partnerships so that's a massive opportunity and you know it's going to take people to get on board and 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 start to see that we're better as one as opposed to as you said a fractured sport
1: yeah i think one of the things that i would love to see is that consistency with you know, all leagues, be it to the WLA and major series of lacrosse, have the same rules exist when it comes to trades and whatnot. Is that something that you're looking at? Uh,
3: as far as that, I haven't personally. I haven't delved into the uh, transfers and trades, and and again, there's a lot of history that's gone on with with the trades, and it, and every league like that has their little.
0: Yeah, like it's up to them on what they do. That's not really a CLA thing. That's more of an individual league thing, right? But again, like it goes back to the level playing field though, right, Sean? Like these guys are both competing for the same trophy at the end of the year, yet when you look at it and trades and transfers and signings and all the rest of it, they're different. And I think that's a huge issue for a lot of people that – the WLA is different than the MSL, and it's not exactly a level playing field. I don't know which way it's slanted because they each do different things, but how do we get to a, a place where it's the same?
1: And, I and get, that's what I mean. I I feel like the CLA almost needs to intervene there and say, hey, you guys have to have the same rules. It's just much more entertaining for fans of the game. It's easier to follow, and you're going to have a much more level playing field like you say, Jumbo. Yeah.
3: Well, uh it, it will take some time to to get these people in the room, or or as we do now, the Zoom calls. Yes, of and, course. And man. to start that discussion. So, you know, we have got all summer that you know, the, the uh, WLA has canceled their season, so it's it you know, is. There, there can be some there can be some dialogue that starts now. Is like, hey, you know, if you if you were to look at Canadian major junior hockey, they all have the the same right. layout for rules for overagers and you know they follow the same so there's a template there whether we choose or they choose to follow it that that's got to be their discussion. Yeah. We're not going to step on their toes. Well, but, that's – I mean, know, maybe that's we, where
0: we're going here, Mr. President, is maybe it's time to start stepping on some toes and making people do things for the good of the game. And and you brought up the the, the fact of major junior hockey and they come together for the Memorial Cup and the Quebec League and the Western League and the Ontario – and they all know what they're getting themselves into when they get there. And, and all the fans that are watching know what rules they're going to be playing with. And and I don't want to belabor it, but I, I really think uh, – all these leagues got to get on the same page. And if they don't, what about this for an idea? And I don't know if, if this is even feasible or not, but have have this? has the CLA ever considered going with a nationwide Junior A League or a nationwide Senior A League? So it's just one governing body, one league right across the country, and everybody plays under the same umbrella. Is that is that a possibility? Okay, hey, so –
3: there's two parts to that uh number one there has been unofficial discussion but not at the cla level but of some of the people that are involved with different teams and they float that idea out there now what we have the current process is tradition how do you how do you break the tradition for these competitions for the man and for the minto how do how do you do that how do you know they've been doing this for a hundred years yeah so it's uh, wow that's that's a massive change and and people like what they have now but if we're growing the game is that something that needs to be entertained yeah that's me you know it's the discussion should start i'm probably gonna ruffle some feathers with that but it's probably not the first time or the last time that'll happen
0: yeah and honestly sean like i i honestly think this sport and and that the country needs a little feather ruffling so i i honestly hope you, you you know tighten up the bootstraps here and and get to work hey man uh I really, really appreciate you, you doing this, coming on lacrosse classified and spending some time with us. I know there was a couple of toughies in there. You handled it well, Sean, and I'm happy to to see some new blood in in the big chair. And I'm excited to to see what the future is for box lacrosse here in Canada and the CLA as a whole. Thanks for doing this.
3: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: And uh, anytime, just give me a call. I'll come on. You betcha. We can chat.
1: Thanks a lot, Sean.
0: Going to take you yeah, up on thanks, that. Uh, appreciate you coming on episode 81. Be safe and uh, all the best to you and yours.
1: Hey,
3: thank you very much.
0: All right. Have that, a good night. Yeah, you too, my friend. That was the president of the Canadian... Lacrosse Association, Sean Williams right there, Tyson. And uh, listen, we, we put a foot to the fire there a little bit with a couple of those. But uh, I'm happy. I really think like 16 years for a guy to sit in the same chair is a long time. And I really think it yeah. was time for, for some new blood at the, at the top of the CLA. And, and we got it in Sean Williams, and I'm happy to see it.
1: Yeah, this discussion is is something that I would like to dive into a little bit more. It's it's an interesting one because in lacrosse, you've got those people that care about the history of the game and that are, are knowledgeable about it and they have respect for it. And then you've got some newer people who are coming in who understand business and how to get, get this game to the next level. And both these parties need to work together and come to some sort of mutual agreement in order to bring this game and move it forward. And, you know, people are all over the spectrum when it comes to this, and I think there does need to be a little bit more cooperation, but also some forward thinking that is involved. So, Jumbo, you talk about, you know, ruffling some feathers and maybe moving away from tradition a little bit. I personally think that needs to happen. Yeah. I think that's it's something that's a little bit overdue. We need to start taking lacrosse maybe a little bit more professionally um, in, in leagues like the WLA and, and major series lacrosse. And maybe those two leagues just turn into developmental leagues for the national lacrosse league. I mean, and that's yeah. where the NLL gets involved. Um, I, I think that, you know, right now guys are playing major series and WLA. They're, they're risking themselves and, and, you know, putting themselves in the way of injury. And that takes away from professional lacrosse and at the NLL level, really. And if we really want this game to, to get to the next level, we have to be focusing on, the national lacrosse league and i know for some in you know the hotbeds like maybe peterborough or, or new west or victoria they may hear that and not like it but it is the truth like getting the game to grow south of the border is extremely important and making changes where we say hey you know we respect the tradition and the history of this game but there are some changes that we need to make and we just can't look back that's what's got to happen in my eyes.
0: Yeah, amen, brother. And and listen, there's nothing wrong with starting new traditions, right? That's kind of yeah. how it happens. And and for me, the last thing I'll say on it is like until the NLL gets to a place where they are paying their players enough money where they don't need to play summer lacrosse, that is when the real change will begin to happen because the WLA will need to adapt when they don't have the best players playing in their league. And and as Crappy as that is to think about and say that's what needs to happen for this sport to get to the next level where NLLers are only playing in the NLL and the WLA and the MSL become the feeder league to that professional
1: league. Listen, there's, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of GMs and owners of teams really that would love to see that happen. I, I should say presidents too. They know that, for this league and and as just a sport of lacrosse to, to continue to grow we have to have all eyes on the national lacrosse league and you know that's the professional environment in stadiums like that unfortunately it's not you know the the smaller arenas that we see across canada i respect it i love it you know i worked with the peterborough lakers back in the day i played for the new westminster junior salmon bellies um i had some of the greatest years of my life doing that however You know, I respect that tradition and the history. And, you know, we wouldn't be at this this point in lacrosse if it wasn't for those organizations. So that's why I say I respect that tradition. However, you know, we have to get things consistent. We have to get everyone moving together forward. And uh, we have to be focusing on kind of the business of the game, really.
0: Yeah. Agreed, man. Agreed. Uh, Couldn't agree more Tyson, good segment there with the president. Let's get to quarter number three because we want to go under review and give you some quick sticks as well as Lacrosse Classified rolls along. Episode 81 on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this: Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go
1: crashing into the crease.
0: Nothing's boring.
1: Now we're gonna have a fight. It's the captain squaring off.
0: And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores. Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com/tickets today.
1: Hey, this is Jonathan Donville, Minto Cup
0: champion with the Orangeville Northmen. You're listening to the Cross Class Vibe, growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class, everybody, episode 81. Into the third quarter we go. Jake Elliott, Tyson Geick with you. Great chat there with the new CLA president, Sean Williams. But here in quarter three, we like to do a couple of things. We like to have quick sticks where we get you caught up in the world of box lacrosse. But before we do that, let's go Under Review. It's time for Under Review, presented by G. Wilson Construction. Each week, Jake and Evan answer a listener's question or break down an unusual call that happened in a game. The challenge flag has been thrown, so now it's time to take the matter under review. Under review brought to you by G. Wilson Construction, an award-winning firm with a single focus building fine custom homes all over the place. He's got that Castle up in Whistler. They're getting back uh, going in the construction business at G Wilson Construction. Uh, actually, talked to the big boss uh, just last night. Gonna have a little birthday party this weekend uh, for his wife. Small gathering, keep our distance, uh, but keep it in our bubble as well. I think uh, go over to Mister Wilson's uh, lair for the weekend and uh, celebrate his wife's birthday. So look forward to that. Under review here, and this week on Lacrosse Classified, a lot of talk about the NLL draft coming up and what's going to happen with players like Jeff Teed and Reed Bowering, who were seniors but also have the ability to go back and play another year of university lacrosse. But here on Lacrosse Classified, what well, we thought, what about the kids at the minor level that graduate out of midget to junior Their final year of minor lacrosse has been wiped away. And what about the junior players playing in their fifth and final year of junior lacrosse? And they don't get that opportunity for one last shot at a Minto Cup. So I thought here on Lax Class, let's kick this around, Tyson. What do you think about adding an extra year of eligibility for kids in their last year of minor and players in their last year of junior? And if you're for it, how would you execute it?
1: Okay. I'm completely in favor of this. I think that you got one shot when it comes to minor lacrosse and junior lacrosse as well. And, you know, these kids, you can't rip that away from them. I think the same thing should exist in NCAA lacrosse. Obviously we're not going to see that. Um, Kids are going to be able to, you know, play, play one more year. It's not working with the Ivy league the same way, but I, it just, and it's tough. It's, It's tough to see that. Um, I'd I'd like to see that happen in, in junior lacrosse. If kids have you know one more shot of the Minto Cup, then then give that to them. Uh, how do you carry it out? I mean, you just gotta. I think younger kids may be getting cut, but that'll make uh, lower levels like Junior B or Junior C lacrosse in Ontario get a little bit stronger this year, and maybe you see development of the um, of those those leagues really. So that's, that's kind of where I stand on the matter.
0: Yeah. And, and like, there's, there's different angles to it. Like, do you do it for just one year or do you change the age permanently? Do you just not do it and say like tough, tough luck? Like, you know, we're all dealing with this and this just had like kids are missing out on graduation. People are missing out on the veterans of the league as well. Like what about them? Right? Like maybe this is their last year of lacrosse and they, they're not gonna make it next year. So what what happens to them? Like I I don't know. I, I I would like to see it happen, but I think how you execute it is gonna be really crucial on 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 how it how it works. Like and then you, you gotta think like in your final year of junior lacrosse, yeah you're you're going for a mental cap, but you're also that physical and mental maturity that you get in that final year. And then the Wa or the MSL, like guys stay in that league for 10, 12 years sometimes. And there's only so many years you got to, to play in that league as well. And young kids coming up and then, and then the following year, do you have like a double dose of draft players enter the league and, and start taking guys jobs away? I, so it's a, it's a real interesting topic. And, and um, I like, I don't know what the right answer is on this. I think it's, I want to see it happen, but I want to make sure it happens the right way. And I don't know what the right way is.
1: It's it's really hard to say. I mean, I look at hockey and I think the same thing. I think players should be given another year of junior if they want to play that. And you can't just take that away from them because it's your last shot. And, you know, I look back, I think the last game of competitive lacrosse that I played, I mean, I went to a couple of rookie camps in the NLL, but, uh, the, the last competitive games of lacrosse that I played were in the Mental Cup and to have had that ripped away from me like that that would be tough looking back yeah. and I look back on that and and those were you know some of the best days ever I look back on those years very fondly and those games really fondly and you know I still remember everything about them so they've meant a lot to me and um just my development as as, as a human being even yeah so I, I i hate seeing that for these players
0: honestly like my final year at junior like i just thought i was just the king of the castle walking around Coquitlam, being in my last year of junior as a junior Adnac. i just thought i was the, the biggest thing in town and like to to not have that experience and not not saying that 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 was the case but it's you just, probably
1: were the biggest well, the biggest guy in town. Yeah, well,
0: maybe. Right? Maybe. Maybe. But I, it's such a special time in your life, in your career, like you mentioned, and to not have the opportunity to try and compete one more year. I, I think you got to find a way, and like I mentioned in quarter one, we're recording quarter three, so this will sound a little weird because we've already talked to Sean Williams, but because we're recording this before we talk to Sean Williams, Dyson, stay with me, we're going to ask the president about this, but you'll have already heard the answer by the time you hear this portion of the show. That sounds crazy, but that's the way it is right now. That's why I tell people backwards. what's happening. You know what I'm saying? That now, it's yeah, gonna, you, you know, <laughs> it's, it's not it, going it to make sense any sense, now. but it will.
1: Now, now our, our reactions won't be, you know, I, I don't know. We're, we're just Everything's mixed up and backwards. And yeah, but people know now,
0: people yeah. know. Wow, we also had some issues in the opening quarter. <laughs> we'll stay away <laughs> from those. Hopefully, we can figure that out. All right, so that was under review. I, c- tell me where you come out on this. Get at me via at LaxClass, at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com, at PXP for sports. You can get Tyson. At Tyson LW, which stands for Leslie William, by the way, or Lacrosse Flash. If you chime in wherever, tell us what you think. Would you like to see minor kids get an extra year of minor lacrosse? Last year, junior players get an extra year of junior. How long should it last for? Should it happen? Let us know what you think. Uh, I'd be interested to hear. And of course, if you have any suggestions for under review, we're always All ears. Under review, G. Wilson Construction, thanks for that. Let's do some quick sticks here, Tyson. Still looking for a sponsor for quick sticks, by the way. If you're interested, also hit me up on that. Still got one spot left open uh, to sponsor quick sticks here. And usually I, I I end off quick sticks with maybe some sad or sad news, I guess. But I want to start off because Aaron Bowles and his – Dear wife, Michelle Finds losing her battle to cancer, which went on for a long, long time. I want to say the better part of four or five years, Tyson. Finally succumbing and and, uh, Aaron holding the celebration of life for Michelle via online Facebook and Instagram and yellow balloons let off into the air. I know a ton of people tuned into this. Um, I, I hope after all this, Michelle is at peace and Aaron is at peace and, and what a courageous fight. And I just, I I don't know, man. I never know what to say in these type of situations. Just a sad story, but I hope everybody is, is, is finally at peace is all I can think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thoughts and, uh, you know, everything goes out to, to the family. And Boldy's such a great guy as well and, you know, a big part of the lacrosse community. And everyone kind of stands behind him. Uh, through this uh tough time, so yeah. it, it was it was tough to watch, but you know nice to see a life celebrated in such a way and um I, I have a lot of respect for that,
0: yeah, one of the the nicest, most positive guys you're ever going to meet around the game. I know like tons of rush fans went outside the team store in saskatchewan and, and let balloons off. I saw Teddy back there in Victoria and a bunch of shamrock guys doing the same thing and um, pretty, pretty special tribute there to Michelle, and uh, we're all thinking about you, Boldy, and hang in there, buddy. Uh, moving along here in Quick Sticks, uh, I saw Dallas Elliott, and if you haven't checked out Dallas's YouTube page yet, I highly recommend you do, at Hall of Fame, HOF. Hall of Fame Netminder 35 is where you can find Dallas, and he has posted up all sorts of crazy games from the old MILL days, uh, some WA games up there, a bunch of Philly wing games. He posted 1990 Philly wings at Detroit Turbos. Have you heard about this game, Tyson? They only had a couple of sets of nets back in those days that they carried around to the different arenas, depending on where they were playing that night. They could not get the nets into Detroit. They used hockey nets in a National Lacrosse League game, Tyson, and... My goodness, Dwight Metkey facing off here. This game is nuts. They play I saw Curtis Dixon and Lewis Ratcliffe chime in on this. They they were like drooling wishing they could have played in a game that the goalies had to try and stop the ball in a hockey net.
1: Wow. Uh, I would be interested to see a couple of NLL net miners in that and see how they fared. That would be quite interesting. Dylan Ward might be all right. He gets some side to side pretty quick. Yeah, had I like a couple like, fantastic saves from him this year, and maybe he'd uh, do all right.
0: I think some goalies would really struggle, and some goalies would, but I just the fact that <laughs> they played a game with hockey nets because they didn't have proper lacrosse nets to use. Uh, man, what a story! 1990 wings and turbos. Look for that one on Deli's, uh YouTube page if you want to check that out. And of course, I love his YouTube change, oh, man. Uh, page. I gotta say, he's got some like so um, so good. Yeah, and he's he's found
1: that amazing niche, right? Where he's he's teaching the next generation all about goaltending and well, lacrosse needs guys like that. Yeah, um, I think that there, we're going to be at a shortage for a lot of box lacrosse net miners, and there are going to be some positions available for those number one jobs in the years to come. So people should really be looking out for what Dallas is doing and. Um, kind of the, the little gifts that he's delivering on his social media channels because he's got some pretty cool videos.
0: Yeah, check him out on YouTube at Hall of Fame Netminder. And then his uh, his Instagram is different.
1: God of goaltending. God, yeah. Uh,
0: yes. <laughs> That is correct, and he is working with USA Boxla and yeah, God yep. of goaltending. You are exactly right, working with USA Boxla kids and teaching them. And and you look and there's it's no coincidence, Tyson, that you look at Christian Delbianco, who is a Coquitlam kid, growing up, yep. and, and Tyler Richards was was his idol, but. You watch him play, and every time I watch – like, I think Dallas Elliott when I watch Christian play. They're they're so similar. They're small, quick, reactionary goaltenders, and you just have to think a lot of Christian's game probably came from being a real young kid and, and watching Dallas uh, as a senior ad
1: yeah. Hearing about uh, Christian coming up through the ranks and what kind of goaltender he's turned into is, is quite interesting as well. We had him on stripped and uh, it was, it was cool to see, you know, into his come up. So, um, you know, I, I think there there are going to be a lot of those positions that are available. Like I've said before, and uh, especially in the U S we were down at the U S um, box uh, college finals there last year right. in August. And you know, the goaltenders were a little bit shaky, but they're starting to find their way there. So um, I think those positions should be ones that guys are looking at now that they're coming up playing box lacrosse.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and we've talked about it here on Lax Class. Like, until the USA produces a top-flake goaltender in box lacrosse, they will always kind of be third fiddle when it comes to Canada and the Iroquois because that's really what is separating them from them really competing. And... They're, it's going to happen. Like, this USA Box, the program that Shaden Santos and company have started up, they are going to produce the next great American or the first great American goaltender that is, that is going to take them to where they want to go. It just takes – like, you just don't pick up a stick and get – like, you need to start playing goaltender at – like eight, nine years old, and develop into a Dylan Ward or a Del Bianco. Like, that's how it happens. You just don't go, oh, I'm going to play box goalie, and I'm going to be good. It doesn't work like that. So it takes time, but it's going to happen because they're teaching them the right way. And when you got a guy, Dallas Elliott, teaching you how to do it, I like your chances there. So speaking of the Calgary next, by the way, as we record here on a Monday – um happy Memorial Day, by the way, to everybody, all our listeners down south of the border. We had Victoria Day just the, the week before, but today, Monday, on the day that we record, it's actually the anniversary, a year to the day that the Calgary Roughnecks, speaking of Del Bianco, won the NLL championship last year. The Roughnecks get to be champs for two years, maybe. Well, it's that's an interesting
1: one. Um you know, I look to a team in these times like the Saskatchewan Rush, who gets a little bit older. I guess Calgary's got a lot of guys that are, you know, starting to get up there in their thirties as well. So it's tougher on them. But you know, this uh, this year off is really going to hurt teams like that who are, you know, poised to make a serious push for an NLL title. Yeah, it just takes a year away from them, and it favors those teams that are a little bit younger. Maybe you know helps them get one year older, one year quicker and uh, move towards a championship.
0: Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I don't think the NLL has given up on the fact that uh, they want to get some sort of post-tournament going, but whether it happens or not, and the player visas and all the rest of it, That uh, check out Teddy Jenner's podcast, Off the Crossbar. He had a conversation with... Nick Sakevich uh, last week, and he kind of laid out what they're thinking, but a lot of hurdles to clear, and and I just don't know if it's going to happen.
1: They are, however, it's all, all going to come down to money, right? Well, I mean, if they're, it, it, it's going to cost teams so much money to fly them in, and then quarantine them for 14 days, take them away from work, yeah. because you got to factor that in. I think that if the NLL is able to secure some sort of uh, TV deal for just the – I don't know, kind of duration of that time, then it makes sense. But until then, I think the NLL is a league that's kind of driven by butts and seats. Oh, yeah. And that's where they're bringing in their money. And if they can't have that, that's off the table, then maybe it's just best to, you know, kind of throw in the towel now and say, let's look forward to the future. And now is the time when the NLL should be really building for that and coming up with innovative ways to stay on top of the digital game. They can't be taking this time off and um, maybe just focus on what's important. And I don't know if that is just crowning a champion. It would make us all feel better. It It would make us all be able to look back on a season and say, hey, we didn't completely waste that. But you got to be thinking about the future a little bit more than just you know what's directly in front of us.
0: Yeah, and the safety of, of everybody too, as well. And, and absolutely, at, at the end of the day, you're really at the mercy of of the health officials and the government and whether they allow you to travel across the border and and how many people and all the rest of it. So, we'll see. Everybody's still holding out hope. They are speaking of uh, staying on top. Atna, all talk, no action. Another week, uh, another Atna out for your viewing pleasure. So check that out Um, just last week and every week, every Friday that comes out. Uh, They are, however, Tyson playing lacrosse in the Czech Republic. I saw Ryan Conwell tweet this out. Uh, They're playing lacrosse in the Czech already. They're back. They're doing it. Contact? Yeah. Okay. So it's on. I mean, it's happening.
1: Yeah. Uh, Can they stream those games online? Because I think a lot of people are hungry for – any kind of sports, maybe tuning in on maybe Facebook Live,
0: yeah, yeah, something like that. Well, uh, Not we, a bad idea. We may have to push the envelope on that a little bit. <laughs> I saw that that BC and Ontario both kind of waiting for the AWA and MSL to make their announcement, but I, I think the trickle down is is nearing uh, a waterfall here. We're we're going to start to see. Pretty much every league and every team say that their season is canceled. But Senior B, both in BC and Ontario, saying they are done for the year as well. And I haven't done it in a while, Tyson, so I want to do it here on Quick Sticks. And that's just give another big thumbs up and a round of applause and a bow uh, to all the frontline workers, essential workers that continue to fight the good fight here and, and keep us protected and safe as best they can. Nurses, doctors, truckers, warehouse workers, grocery store workers, you name it. Everybody that is out there fighting the good fight, especially uh, those those folks in the hospitals. Uh, thank you once again. I know we have a bunch that listen to to Lax Class as well. And, and I need to get my weekly thank you into the frontline workers, as I'm sure you'd like to as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, I did a little video a couple weeks ago. We did a, a song with all the uh, performers. Oh, I from saw that. The Vancouver that Canucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was our thank you. But um, my girlfriend's a nurse. She's been working in the nursing homes. And I know it's, you know, tough and a little bit stressful for all those who have to actually go in and, and deal with this. And yeah. um, everyone's perspective and, and take on this is going to be different, right? Because uh, of what they have to deal with and, and how their workplace is. I find that myself and my roommate... We've been going to work and it's business as usual uh for both of the places that we go into work so the way we look at things is going to be different than maybe my girlfriend who has to go into work and work in a hospital right but um you know for all those who who have to deal with it uh hats off to you
0: yeah speaking of that Tyson we probably should have covered that as we'll wind up uh quarter three here in in just a minute and uh get to to who you got but Probably should have done it in the opening quarter. For people that don't know, not only you, the the founder of Lacrosse Flash and and from NLL Relax fame, but you're also the in-game host for the Vancouver Warriors. You're also the in-game host for the Vancouver Canucks. You have a media company called Flash Media House. So you're still doing your DJ gig at the radio station as well? No,
1: no, I left that behind. I decided it was time to kind of move on from that and uh it was it was extremely difficult like going into work at, i had to be up at four o'clock in the morning every single day Oof. and that that was monday to friday and then when the, the canucks were playing no, i was in to those games at night yeah. so no. sleep was very limited i pulled it off somehow i don't know how I, I managed to do it um i did it with bags under my eyes but <laughs> yeah now now i get a little bit more rest which is nice all right, and um, my head's in a bit better of a place as well because that that weighs on you.
0: Oh God! I mean, sleep is maybe the most important thing. So that's what Tyson does, anyways. Uh, you can check out Flash Media House, um, Lacrosse Flash, of course. And while you're on Lacrosse Flash, while we're at it, don't forget to check out that team store as well, Tyson. We got to get Lacrosse Classified swag up on the team store in short order. But I know, uh, like I was on there last week. Uh, my girlfriend Danny was on there. We bought some stuff. But we got to get Lacrosse Classified stuff up on the team store. Lacrosse Flash slash Team Store is that the website?
1: uh lacrosse flash I, we're actually on lacrosse savage okay. shout out to them
0: yeah
2: they
1: do all our merch so i think it's lacrosse com slash lacrosse flash all right i believe i'll have to confirm however we are going to get some lacrosse classified gear up very soon now that you're kind of a part of the family i mean you, you No, know, now now you're i'm now you're fully adopted umbrella, so yeah Yeah. So if people are looking for lacrosse classified gear, every dollar spent on the team store, um, obviously some goes to the suppliers, but um, the the money that we make goes towards keeping the project up and alive. And we don't really do this for money. We do it for the love of the game. So it just kind of covers all the operations costs involved with running the lacrosse flash. So. Um, yeah, if you want to find it, that's where it is.
0: Do it. I highly suggest you do it. Some great stuff up on there. And, yeah, it's always for the love of the game. Good third quarter right there, Tyson Geike. We got to end it, though, because we got to get to quarter four. It's uh, time to do a little scrapping. Next on Lacrosse Classified, episode 81 on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network.
2: Associated Labels and Packaging. A fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service
1: with 40 years of experience an extensive product catalog and an ever-growing fleet of equipment associated labels and packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level Hey, this is Joel McCready from the Vancouver Warriors. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified. Growing the game one podcast at a time. And now it's time for Who You Got.
0: Episode 81 into the fourth quarter. Right there. Associated labels and packaging. Our good friends Inkle Quitlam, Sean Ashworth and the gang doing their thing, they're working, they're busier than ever down there at Associated Labels and Packaging, making the best packages and labels on the market with the environment in in mind at all times, focusing on people, ethics, quality, and of course, family-owned. Just a quick note here, coming back on May 22nd, shipping department has noticed some delays in courier deliveries, especially with overnight service. So they want to remind you, get your orders in early, plan ahead, to avoid any delays uh, but still open for business associated lp as in labels and packaging for their social media and uh what do we got associated lp.com for the website thanks for sponsoring the podcast make sure you're spot or supporting our sponsors jake elliott and tyson Geik. with you final quarter here no more breaks and one tournament comes to a close, Tyson. It's time to start a new one, and I'm real excited about this one. Best lacrosse fighter shooter. ever. You're going oh. with Suits? Oh, suits sorry. is in the bracket. I'm not so, going to.
1: Sorry. I, no, no. I jumped the gun. I jumped the gun. It's okay. Can I, can I do that? It's a, Yeah. I got, I got your Suits. I oh. got you on this one, buddy. Okay.
0: I was thinking maybe I was okay. going to put myself up against Suits in round one so he could just <laughs> knock oh, me oh. out and and then just I would be gone. Didn't do that. Uh, I'm not going to divulge who I matched up, but we got 64 guys here, Tyson. So, essentially, four brackets of 16. And we're gonna work our way to a final here um, in in weeks from now. But we're gonna do four matchups per episode. So we're starting. To- I'm not gonna divulge the whole bracket because I think like the suspense. You gotta have a little mystery to it. But we yeah. will start at the top left bracket and. Four fights, eight guys, and we're gonna put this up on Twitter. Lacrosse Flash can can put the poll out too if they like. And we're gonna yep, get votes. Yeah, a votes going. So essentially it it comes down to a popularity contest, or just like who you think would actually win a fight between these two guys. And we're gonna have some crazy Matchups here, and our very first matchup, a guy that I fought and a guy that I haven't fought but announced fighting quite a few times, a former belly, a former ADNAC, a former NLLer with the Buffalo Bandits as well, Mike Kelly Award winner back in 2001, one of the best all-around players I've ever seen. But one of the best fight. This guy was the heavyweight champ in the WLA for a long, long time. One, Andrew Ogilvy is our first competitor, and he has taken on a former Victoria Shamrock. I think he spent his junior playing with the Six Nations Arrows. This guy would pretty much fight anybody that came his way in one, Tory Gardner. Andy Ogilvy yeah. up against Tory Gardner, Tyson Gaik. Who you got?
1: Well, that's a, that's a tough first round uh, matchup. I have to
0: say, I played against Tori, and
1: he was he's he's up there for me. And you know, when I think of tough guys in the game and strong fighters, he's mm-hmm. up there with the likes of Andrew Suter and Rory Smith, and they were all playing at the same time. Uh, Ogilvy, I don't know nearly as much about, just because I didn't necessarily grow up in the same era. But uh, I'm I'm picking Gardner on this one.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm taking Ogilvy. You ask around, Tyson, about Ogie Oglethorpe here. and uh, One scary ass dude. Like, this guy would just knock your block off. Gardner, very good scrapper. Tough, like you said, tough first round matchup here. And I think we got a bunch of tight, tough first round. By the way, I forgot to mention... May long weekend has come and gone, but that signifies the beginning of summer. Stampede Tax still open for business at Stampede.ca, where they carry a large variety of riding gear, hats to keep you protected from the sun as well. And they got that workwear as well for those people still out there on the front lines, need your workwear. Stampede.ca. Where shopping online is still shopping local, riding gear, hats, workwear, you name it. Stampede Tack. Great here. cowboy hat. Oh my god! Uh, I know he hooked great, you up. Great. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I got one. I needed one after my uh, Western kind of hipster hat. Got yeah. I got made fun of at, at the Warriors game, but I got a fresh cowboy hat now that I'm. I can't wear it to the Stampede. I want to go to the Calgary Stampede. That won't happen now.
0: I know. No Cloverdale Rodeo this year <laughs> as well either. And I know Kevin was super happy to get you that hat, and it was even happier to find out that Lacrosse Classified was switching to Lacrosse Flash, the local yes. connection there. And uh, Kevin was super supportive and happy about it. So uh, I'm sure he'll be glad to hear that as well. Stampede.ca. We're shopping online, still shopping local. Thanks for supporting them as well. So Ogilvy, Gardner, you got. Gardner I got Ogie we'll put that vote up on Twitter as we will for these other three matchups as we kick off our tournament here next matchup uh, I'm sure you've seen this guy scrap a bunch of times Chancey Johnson what can you tell me about Chancey Johnson Tyson
1: I remember watching Chancey play tough player as well another great first round matchup we got here heating up
0: yeah, just he was one of those guys that wouldn't wouldn't have a whole lot of defense to his fighting game. He'd just kind of stand in there. He was willing to take some punches, to land some punches, if I recall, watching Chansey fight. He's going to take, yeah, take on a tough customer here in round one as well as he takes on the captain of the Vancouver Warriors, Matt Beers. John- yeah, Chansey Johnson up against Matt Beers. Who you got?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Beards has a little bit more strategy, like you said, Jumbo. You know, I've seen Johnson just throw punches and just not worry about repercussions of kind of, I don't want to say throwing them blindly, but, yeah, Beards has a little bit more technique. This, This is a tough one. It's right down the middle. I'm, I'm going to go with Beers on this one.
0: Yeah, I think I'm taking Matt Beers as well. Chancey's kind of one of those guys you could punch in the head like 10 times and it's probably not going to hurt yeah. him. So I don't know how you knock him out, but Beers is the same thing. Like fearless, he'll fight anybody that steps in front of him as well. I got a soft spot for Matt Beers. I coach Matt Beers. I'm friends with Matt Beers. I'm taking Matt Beers to take out Chancey Johnson here in the opening round. Let's see how it plays out. Two down, two to go here on who you got by Stampede Tack. Next fight up here in the opening round One defensive coach of the Calgary Roughnecks, head coach of the Maple Ridge Broads. I had a scrap with this guy as well, played junior with him in Coquitlam. One Robert Sato Williams taking on a third of the Morgan brothers. There was Peter Morgan. There was Richie Morgan. And then there was Dave Morgan. And Dave was the biggest out of all three Morgan brothers. They all played in the National Lacrosse League. They were all members of the Salmon Bellies as well at one time. Dave Morgan involved in that 9 brawl against the Brampton Excelsior. Spent a little time with the Portland Lumberjacks. Big dude. Towering over Rob Williams here. But the hands of Sato, I don't know. Tyson, who you got?
1: This one's all you, Jumbo. I can't. I don't know enough to comment.
0: I don't want to. You got to pick. I don't know, you got to pick. Just take here. a pick. Flip yeah. a coin. Do what you got to do, but you got to make a pick. Oh, man. I, I can't just pick without knowing Flip their a coin. style. Flip a coin. If you got to do it, that's what we do. All right. Well, all right.
1: Who's got heads or tails here?
0: Rob Williams is heads. Dave Morgan is tails. Okay. Ready? Go. I got Rob Williams. Okay. Uh, man. I just think out of sheer size and reach here, I think this is a pretty – no disrespect to Sato, listener of the program. I know he is. No disrespect, but I just think the reach is going to be too much here for Sato. Dave Morgan wins this one, in my opinion. Tell us what you think uh, when we post up the vote on Twitter. One more scrap to go, and this, this is a toughie here. Miles General, man, was he a nasty player for the Six Nations Chiefs. If you recall back in, I want to say the 95 manner, taking a run at Ben Hilgees in game one, knocked him out of the series, really changed the series in the first period of that man cup, took out the bellies best player right off the get go. He was involved in that brawl back east against the bellies as well. Just a nasty piece of business going up against the candy man. I had a couple of goes with Drew Candy here. Miles General, you can see Drew Candy fights up on YouTube as well. Going up against Drew Candy General. Candy Tyson. Who you got?
1: Okay, Drew Candy
0: it is. <laughs> Candy. He's a big fan of Candy. I listen. I I uh, I fought Drew a couple of times. I think I did pretty well in, in both outings against the Candyman. Never got a chance to square up against Miles General, but I will never forget how much my blood boiled watching Miles celebrate that Man Cup win. He literally didn't play the rest of the series. That's all he did. He took out Hilgi's, and then when he was awarded his medal in that after that Man Cup was done, he celebrated harder than anybody. And I just, like, I wanted to jump the boards and go fight him after that. And I wasn't even a member of the Bellies yet. So, I gotta gotta go general here because I think he advances past Drew Candy. Candy, very good scrapper, but I think Miles General is just a nut bar. And I think he beats Drew Candy in this fight.
1: So, if, if I were playing NLL 21, like EA Sports, mm. I think my player's name, the created name, would be General Candy. <laughs> yeah. Why?
0: See it now. Why not? Why not? I hope that comes to fruition, Tyson. I really do. Yeah. So there's the opening yeah. four fights uh, in our quest to crown the best lacrosse fighter of all time. Ogilvy against Gardner, Johnson against Beers, Williams against Morgan, candy versus general we'll put those votes up on twitter you can have your say on who moves on in the greatest fighter of all time tyson you did it man that's it we're done here on lacrosse classified episode 81 thanks for doing this man oh
1: no problem i was uh i was happy to get the call and answer the call yeah. Uh, had some technical difficulties, but I think we moved forward well from,
0: from all that. Answering the bell, so to speak. Uh, once again, yeah. a big yeah. thank you to Sean Williams for coming on the program. Our sponsor, Stampede Tack, the Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging, and of course, G. Wilson Construction. Once again, don't forget to use that promo code from our friends at Pure Vital Labs as well. Lacrosse classified 20. Get yourself a 20% discount on all non-discounted supplements delivered right to your door as well. What is better in these trying times than getting deliveries right to your front door with a discount? Lacrosse classified 20. That will do it here. We'll be back for episode 82 next Tuesday via the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. In the meantime, you can follow Tyson at Tyson LW. I am at PXP for sports. At lacrosse flash at lax class for the podcast. And we will talk to you next Tuesday with a brand new co host next week as well. Thanks for listening for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, be safe and be healthy, everybody.